If you were describing the environment that you live, work, and play in, how would you describe it? Is it one of humor, of encouragement, of critique? Think about where you live. Think about where you work or where you're in school. Think about who you hang out with, what you do for fun. What is the tone and the environment of the place? When Jesus um, is in communion with the Father and the Spirit, he was in an interplay and an interaction of all eternity of love and of being the beloved. And when he came upon the earth, we have a couple of stories that beautifully show us the environment that he had been in prior to being with humanity. If you will, can you please turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to focus in on his baptism starting in Matthew 3 verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from the heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. What a beautiful and affirming statement. God said, define their relationship. This is my son. Defined it emotionally, my beloved son. And then he communicated his delight. Now, it's fascinating to me that this simple act of obedience in baptism by John, John wasn't even sure and didn't think it was necessary because he knew who the Lord was, brought God delight. Jesus did many great things. He's known for his teaching, preaching, and healing ministries. He enacted the power of God in ways that transformed individuals' lives. And yet what delighted his father was when Jesus publicly acknowledged their intimate relationship. And then we get a public display of affection with the Spirit and with these words of affirmation. Interestingly, if you look a little bit earlier in Matthew 3, um, John had been telling the people, repent, in chapter 3, verse 2, repent, uh, or 2, yeah, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The people had responded, had been coming out into the desert in droves to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And John's message was simple, summative in one statement. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Now the kingdom of heaven was near because Jesus was here. And when Jesus came, the people got to see it. Another time when the Lord used the same words to talk about um, Jesus is at the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus had taken uh, Peter, James, and John up with him, and we're now going to look really quickly in Matthew um, chapter 17. 
After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother, brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Now Peter, James, and John were given a privileged glimpse at the glory, the majestic glory, Peter later refers to it as, the majestic glory of Jesus. And as they entered in to this amazing moment, Peter wants to memorialize it. But again, I want you to notice, it is the description that his heavenly Father gives about Jesus. He is his beloved Son. He is one that God delights in. And he is worthy of listening to. Now what's interesting to me is that when the Lord says this, again, it's not when Jesus is doing something great. It was when Jesus was talking with his friends and was allowing other friends to know him more intimately. Clearly, our Heavenly Father deeply values relationships and he deeply loves his earthly son. Now, we are talking all this year really as a church about being more like Jesus together. And Jesus' relationship with his Father shows us an intimate togetherness. Jesus' relationship with his cousin, John the Baptist, who baptized him. And John's going, yeah, I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals, and shouldn't you be baptizing me? And Jesus humbly just says, oh, you know, let me fulfill this righteousness, because he knew it would make his Father happy. Jesus had a good relationship with his cousin, and Jesus had a good relationship with those he had known historically, Moses and Elijah, and with James, John, and Peter. Jesus' life is infused with important relationships because he had his heavenly Father and the Spirit have lived all eternity in intimate love and connection in knowing and delighting. It's actually um, woven into the very character of who the Lord is. Moses, who Jesus met on the Mount of Transfiguration, had had more, his own personal intimate encounters with the Lord. And when he had met him, when he got the Ten Commandments, you can look later in Exodus 34, he understood the very nature of God, that the Lord is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and rich in love abounding in love for the thousands and generations. And it goes on. This is his character. This is the environment. Now, I think we sometimes ignore our emotional environment, but sometimes we're just not aware. You know, a fish doesn't think, oh, I'm swimming in the water. A fish only becomes aware of the water if it was polluted. Birds don't think, whoo, how's the current? 
we don't think about the air. You know, in Vancouver, sometimes in the summer, we have poor air quality when there are fires in the interior and the wind brings it here. Otherwise, we actually don't think about the air we breathe. Emotionally, this happens. And we may not be aware that we have habits of emotionally in the environment where we grew up or an environment that we have chosen to live in, in relationship. And it might not be life-giving for us. Or it might just have habits. There are times where I think we face trouble and we think, oh, if God loved me, I wouldn't face this. So it's really actually important to look at Jesus' baptism back in Matthew 3. Jesus has just received the Spirit, this very public affirmation, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I delight in Him. And guess what happens next? He goes out and He has 40 days of fasting and facing temptation. So just because He was loved did not mean He wasn't facing temptation. It did not mean he would not have trouble. It did not mean that there weren't going to be some hard times. I mean, let's be honest, this is prior to the crucifixion. This is prior to him knowing how much his family didn't understand what he was about. And so his belovedness was not dependent on his work. The belovedness that God felt for Jesus was not dependent on easy situations. It was out of the overflow of their relationship. Now, you may say, well, yeah, that's great because that's Jesus and he's God. And so I'd like for you, you can jump to Luke chapter 3, or you can just listen to me tell it. The baptism happens, and then John actually gets arrested shortly after, or right before. John's arrested by Herod. Um... There was this description about the baptism reminding when John had done that. And then this list of the genealogy of Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, not his biological father. And jo Joseph's genealogy traced all the way back to Adam. And I'm in Luke 3, verse 38. The son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So this is not tracing Jesus' biological um, genealogy that happens in Matthew through Mary's line but this is all the way back to Adam who was the son of God and other places we acknowledge that um, we are the children of God when we believe him when we honor him and so I hope that first of all you can accept not just that you have said yes to the Lord and that you are his child, that you are Jesus' brother or sister and you are a co-heir with him, but that you can receive the love that comes with being his child. There is the common grace. He lets the rain fall and the sun shine on all. There is the grace of being created in his image. But there is, for those of us who've said yes, Lord, to him, and for those of us who hasn't, haven't yet, we're really just a decision and commitment away from living fully into being beloved children. And it is not based on what we do, but it is based on our love and responsiveness to his call to be in relationship with him. What do you do to live into your belovedness? I actually hope that you will stop and think, 
What is the water I'm swimming in, the air I'm flying in, and the, or the emotional air I breathe? Am I receiving the love of God and His delight in me? And if I'm not because of choices I'm making or shame that I feel, feel is that shame related to actions that need to change? Or is that shame related to thinking that is not based on the truth? Of the Lord. I pray that you would take some time this week and read Psalm 103. Psalm 103 reminds us to forget not all of the benefits that the Lord would give us. He forgives us, He heals us, He redeems us, He crowns you with love and compassion. He wants to satisfy your desires with good things, and He wants to renew your youth, your energy. Read Psalm 103 and say, oh wow, I think I have forgotten some benefits. Maybe I'm not recognizing some of the benefits. List out all the benefits mentioned in these verses in Psalm 103, and then just say, Lord, Remind me and make a list of how you have received and benefited from the love of God. And I think we have to start with this relationship that we have with God. We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But if we're having trouble receiving His love, it can be hard to love back. And so I ask that you would spend that time to really receive what the Lord has given us, Jesus, that you would find your own belovedness, that he has chosen you, not just for a purpose and a good work. He has chosen you and equipped you for that, but he has chosen you. Do you know Abraham was called God's friend? We see Jesus visiting with Moses and Elijah here, and this is long after they walked on the face of the earth. Peter, James, and John became his closest friends. He had his other disciples. He had Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, whose home he went into even days before his own deepest grief. Jesus knew how to do friends, and he wants to do friendship with you. He wants you to receive his love. So remember the benefits. Love him. And we, when we used to gather together, um, would almost every week say that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think sometimes we kind of make that abstract. So with our heart, are we in our relationships pursuing His love? Soul, what is it we give our time and our energy and our values to? That's where we see what we think is important. Our mind. Many of you, not all, but many of you are students and you are disciplining your mind in a wide array of learning environments. Are you learning more about the Lord and His ways and understanding and knowing Him? And our strength, our physical strength, our resources of time, talents, and money, all of the things that we feel make us strong and competent. Do we love the Lord with those? The Bible also says to love our neighbors ourselves, but I think as we receive his love, as we learn to love him back, we can grow in how we love other people. And we love other people in action, in word and deed, in truth. Now this is tricky. Um, 
Because the next layer of love, the actions, the choosing, is that we would love our neighbor. We would love them, bless them, do good, and pray for them, our enemies. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Are you a good lover or are you having trouble? If you have trouble loving your enemies or loving your friends or loving your neighbors who you don't know well, my suspicion is that you have not allowed or understood or received all of the love that the Father has for you. And receiving that may take some talking and processing. So as a house church, I pray that you will talk with one another, that you will find one or two trusted people who understand deeply how loved you are by God and allow them to help you explore why you're having trouble receiving that love. Peter, in his letter, we call Second Peter, he recounts this transfiguration. In 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when, you when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Years after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, Peter is writing to encourage a persecuted church. And he is remembering the majestic glory of God. And he remembers the words of blessing. Here is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Earlier in the chapter, I hope later on your own, you'll read in 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 9. He has a character development, and foundationally, it starts at faith and goes to goodness, and it moves on through um, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and to love. To love the way God does is more than friendship, is more than attraction or um, lust is more than interest and like. There is a depth to the love of God that we can receive from Him and extend to others. My prayer for you is that you would behold the glory of God just as Peter, James, and John did. You would believe His goodness, grace, power, and love for you. You would befriend the Lord. You would live and be beloved. You, the prefix be in English means around about or thoroughly. That you would be surrounded by love. That you would have a life about his love. And that you would be thoroughly receiving his love. And thoroughly delighting in being the beloved of God. If we are going to be more like Jesus together, beloved... We need to learn how to receive his love and give it. That only comes in relationship with him, but also with each other. Um, many of you want a significant other. Many of you want to find a life partner. Learning how to receive love from the Lord and how to give love will help you recognize what is healthy in relationships. What is life-giving? What is love actually like? Let's pray. 
Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you humbly followed through to fulfill all righteousness and went and got baptized. And Lord, we thank you that you gave such a public display of affection to Jesus. When he was just acting in really simple obedience. Something that we can do day in and day out is to simply follow you. Give us courage for that. Jesus, for the places in our hearts that have been hurt and felt unloved, I pray that the Spirit of Jesus would come and would give us, not just pour out your love, but comfort and counsel us about where that hurt is. For Lord, give us courage to receive your love. Give us courage to extend love. Help us to become students of the way that you have loved us and to learn how to extend love to others. We love you, Lord, and we want to live as your beloved children. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved children of God, I would love to hear this week about how you have met Jesus and received his love. And how you have loved the Lord back. And ways that you are becoming more like Jesus. And learning to help others receive his love. And to experience the love of one another. Thank you.